Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown Podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. And again, I just want to bring up SobertownPodcast.com that Elaine built the, our website. It's just a powerful website. We have all of our episodes on it. And then please go and check out Todd's Sobriety Tools. And he's got Sober Toolboxes your body on booze, sobriety discussions in there, and it's really powerful. We have a Weebies Kids Sober Toolbox in there too, and it's all very powerful. And we have resources where you can find AA meetings, 12-step meetings under the traditional AA under recovery resources. So go check out SoberTownPodcast.com. And today I have Imust with me. Imust, how the hell are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Good. So I have Imus with me here today, and we've been talking for for a while now about uh, basically the birth of Silvertown. She's been there since the beginning, and I wanted to bring her on the podcast because she was the very, very first person to tell her story on Silvertown podcast. So thanks for thanks for being here. <laughs> I was the sober town guinea pig. <laughs> you you were, and we were all like, everybody's sitting back looking, you know, everybody, and we're like, how was this going to turn out? And then yeah. even even I didn't know in the beginning how it was going to turn out. But here's what a lot of people know, and that's why I want to bring um, how sober town was birthed and how it it became what it is. When I was drinking. I started drinking again because my brother died. And I think most people know that now. And before my brother died, I'd been around uh, a church, church on the street out of Phoenix, Arizona, rebuilds men coming out of prison and coming off the streets. They disciple them. They, they rebuild them and they send them out into the communities. They take people like me that has never been sociably acceptable. And they teach us to be God fearing and sociably acceptable. I got out of prison in 2004. So I had been on the street from 2000, around church on the street from 2004 until September 2011 when my brother died. And while I was there, when men would come out of prisons, I would help work with them with church on the street. And, you know, we would talk with them and, and some, I would go into church on the street, work with the different programs. I was, I was a big part, even at one point, I carried a, a 10 foot cross, 57 pound cross from Phoenix, Arizona to Tucson, Arizona to raise money for a women and kids shelter. A lot of people don't know about this. No, amazing. So I was giving back, you know, the first time in my life when I got out of prison in 2004, I was giving back into the communities. We were doing, I don't know how many outreaches a week going in and feeding the homeless and ministering to the, the needy kids. It just didn't matter. And there were some really cool things because I used to walk that cross all over town and I used to run with it. One time I must, I was running with this cross right on the street Van Buren. It's where all the hookers and everybody hangs out and it's 57 pounds, but it's got a will. And I was running and I get surrounded by all these undercover cops. <laughs> right. And they, they all just surround me. Stop right there. Drop the cross. What? Okay. <laughs> What's going on? 
They thought I stole the cross. <laughs> I must. We were there for a long time, and I was just, I was laughing, you know. And yeah. Because they're bringing up my history, and I think, I think I was still on parole at the time. So we were out there a little while, but dropped the cross and step away from the car. <laughs> Only you, Drifter. <laughs> and I just, carrying that cross around town, I had a lot of really cool experiences. Like, there was this little lady, I think she was from New Zealand, and it was like, it was a little later in the evening, and she was walking, and she had her luggage, and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm lost. I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, well, what do you mean you're lost? And she had an accident. She goes, I don't know where I am or who I'm going or where I'm going. And this lady ended up, she had got off the airplane. She had dementia and she ended up wandering the streets in Phoenix. I took her with some other women and they didn't have the women's mission. Then they went through her stuff, found her plane tickets, got a hold of her sisters that were in Hawaii where she was supposed to be. They got her on a plane and they got her to Hawaii. Right. Really cool things like that were happening. Like then there was this old, another time with this old black man, I was walking and I had the cross on my shoulder. I'm like, and he had two bags of groceries. And I'm like, Hey man, can I say a prayer for you? And he's like, sure. Can you pray? So that I know where my house is. And I go, what do you mean? He's like, I forgot where I live. I'm like, you're kidding me. I go, what's your name? And he's like, Benjamin Franklin. That was his name. This little old guy, yeah. right? And I'm like, how cool is that? And this, this car pulls up and these people get out to talk to me about the cross that I'm carrying. Cause it's big, it's 10 feet long and it's on a wheel. Like people would drive by me. They'd say, Jesus didn't have a will, <laughs> right? But I'm talking to this guy and we get into his wallet. We find his address. He doesn't live too far away. And when they left, they took him home. And I got to tell one more story about this cross. And this is about, this is about giving back, right? And this is very important. And this one like almost really touches my heart to where like you, you got to stop yourself from almost like crying because it's so touchy. I was walking from Phoenix to Tucson. I was just outside of Tucson. I was just outside of Tucson, but I'd, I had been running with that cross earlier and I, would, I had hurt my tendon in my right foot. So I was limping down the road with his cross. And this guy pulls over in a pickup. He's like, oh man, this is really cool. Can, uh, what you're doing, can I carry the cross? And I'm like, no, this is, uh, this is my cross. I'm gonna make it into Tucson. And I was in a lot of pain. And I've been, I've been limping for a while. I'm like, but can I pray for you? He says, yeah. He says, I'm a fireman. And he told me his name and everything. So I was saying a prayer for him. I must. And this guy, I, I was praying like, you know, to, to, for God to heal his mind with everything that he's seen as a fireman. And this guy just broke down on the road ball. Uh, and Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, 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 you know, he goes and I pick up the cross and I start walking. So, and um, I realized that, uh, hold on. <laughs> so anyway, Sarah, we, 
he he gets better and he stops crying. And I start walking down the road, right? And I'm not paying attention. I'm just, I just grab the cross, I take off, I'm walking, and I realize I'm marching like a soldier. Wow. My foot is healed. And I'm, you know, it was really touching. So yeah. But yeah. it was that it was that bad to where I mean I was limping and I wasn't gonna give up. In fact, it was so bad that there's a lady in the RV that, that was that was following me. And she's this really good Christian lady. And she's like, why don't you just put that damn cross on the RV and let's go home? <laughs> right. That's how bad I was limping. <laughs> you know. And uh, but I wasn't gonna give up. And I made it to Tucson, Arizona that day, 120 miles, and I averaged, I think, 32 miles a day, right? Wow. I just want people to know that healing comes when you pray for other people instead of yourself, right? Yeah. But be careful because what you pray for can come back and get you. And I haven't told very many people this story. Before I left Phoenix to go on that walk, this guy says, hey, let me pray for you. I said, okay. And during his prayer, and it was a long prayer, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm a fast prayer. Dear God, thank you for my food. Amen. And this guy, man, I mean, he just like, he, he told a huge story to God. I'm like, can we get on with this? And this guy in his prayer, he says, and if anything happens to him, please, God, bring it on me so he can make it there. And even right then when he prayed that, now this is before I left Phoenix. He prayed that. I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, what did you just pray? That's crazy. I want to do yeah. that, you know? So I get back to Phoenix. I ended to Tucson. There was no red carpet. We, just, we had to even figure out if I was in the city limits, right? So there was no marching band, no red carpet, but I made it. I made it. Yeah. So we put the cross back on the RV. I get back to Phoenix and this guy's on a cane. I'm like, wow. whoa, dude, what happened to you? He says, I blew the tendon or the Achilles tendon out of my right heel. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and I'll, this is, look, all of this really happened. It's really touching. This is part of where I came from and why I do, I'm doing what I'm doing now. Because all those yeah. years that I was around church on the street, that's how important giving back became to me uh, i know i know what you get when you give back to our fellow humans so you saw when because you and i've been in a group together this whole time yeah and and you've seen um where i tried to go back to church on this is what happened was when i started drinking again in 2011 this is what alcohol does to you it separates you from the things you love right mm. so when i started drinking again how do i go to these men coming out of prison and tell them now, oh yeah, everything's good with God and just keep doing what you're doing. And I've got the scent of still alcohol on my breath from the night before. It just separated me. But also at that time, I blamed myself. Um, I must, because my, I, be, I had become religious and I really didn't realize it. And I found out a really hard way because my brother, it, would, it was the second time that he had came to stay with me to get sober. And we were li he was living with me. And then he, um, he went out drinking. And him and I ended up in a big fight. And I was holier than now. 
And he yeah. ended up leaving, slamming my door, putting a crack in my wall. He slammed it so hard. He, he, at this point, he had one leg, but he was still a tough bastard with one leg. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But he had told me before, he says, if I ever go back to Idaho, I'm going to die in this rehab. He told me what was going to happen and where it was going to happen. And I just yeah. like was bullshit. But he yeah. ended up going back to Idaho. And about two years later, he died. So we got in a fight around 2009. He died in 2011. And then I just really examined myself and it broke me. And I knew that, and he was, right. he was out there uh, feeding the homeless and doing everything else. And I condemned him for, for drinking and it broke me. So when he died in 2011, I had no foundation really. And I drank. Yeah. I've been sober for nine years. It took me nine more years to stop drinking. During that whole nine years, I must, I thought about getting off the alcohol so I could go fight addiction. I just didn't mm -hmm. stumble across Silvertown one day. Yeah. I had been looking for a way to build something and I didn't know what it was. And then when I got around you guys on the private chats, what, I can't even remember what we started out with. We were out together so long. Um, there was something then discord and then yeah. uh, telegram, but yeah. I would send you guys pictures because I would go down to church on the street and they were still out. Now that one cross carrying thing that I, that I did ended up involving, and I've, I've sent pictures out. They have a really huge cross carrying ministry. Now one guy carried a cross from Phoenix to, uh, to Honduras. And he's down there with the ministry. Now they have, there's, I'll go down the street. There's crosses all over on Sunday. I had a guy call me a few Sundays ago. He says, Hey, I'm in Payson, man. There's a guy carrying a cross up there, up here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's turned into some big ministries, but that's always been in the back of my head. And that one guy that broke down and my, my foot was healed. Yeah. I know the power of giving back and I know it restores my soul and my, I got a lot of damage in my soul, right? It's been yeah. tattered really bad. So COVID's hitting and I can't get back in with church on the street. I know a lot of different people in rehabs and like the men's mission in Phoenix, but nothing was really panning out because of COVID. And I was sitting there one night and I, I used Podbeam to play all my sober podcasts and then yeah. i'm looking there and i see start your own podcast boom this light goes off wow yeah i could give back this way right this is how i can give back so like that yeah. night i drove and i practiced and i would i could not like even like finish the sentence and um the uh oh shit <laughs> it's not easy you <laughs> race right and finally and then I'm telling you guys about this too. And in fact, there was somebody else, a friend of ours that was going to do the first episode. Remember? I actually, I actually remember, and it must've been like February time last year. I actually remember the conversation where you said, I've had this idea and I want to do a podcast. And, and I was like, okay, you know, it's a pretty big, pretty big dream, isn't it? To start a podcast, but you were like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a sober podcast. And off you went, you know. <laughs> right. But I, I was talking with you guys, too, as I was doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another man that was supposed to be the first guest on on the podcast. But he something happened and he ended up he couldn't. 
so it ended up being you. <laughs> I spit in. <laughs> so the first podcast I did was on March 2nd, right? And then Mrs. Drifter and I did an episode on March 3rd. And then on March 10th, you were the first guest on Sobertown Podcast. March 10th. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And we were both kind of like scared, I think. <laughs> what we were we scared. I also thought, oh, well, maybe nobody will ever listen to it. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And you won't believe how many people listen to your. So me and I must did her podcast on uh, March 10th. And then wow. I tried to work with Blue. And I, and I brought Blue on. And then, you know, Polly was, she'd been around while we were discussing all this. I did her first interview on March 14th. Like that's like 12 days after uh, my very first podcast. But I, it's something that I'd been thinking about for years. And then I gave Polly her first canvas on March 17th and said, would you like to do the follow-up with with I must and yeah, yeah. Me and so me I asked her because she, you know she was willing to volunteer her time and I want to play something for the introduction you know and I I just thought it was really cool that so many people were were following or willing to to share their time to volunteer their time but right even in the beginning right even in the beginning I was talking about it would take a village so yeah. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play it off my phone. I, I I could do it another way, but I just want to do it live. So here. But it's exciting. I mean, everything has to have a starting place, right? Um, and who knows? Maybe if we can grow this, and I say we because it's gonna be everybody. It's gonna be everybody's stories. Um, it's it's a village that's gonna build this podcast. So right off the bat, that's my that's my introduction to yeah. everybody. And you can go to that's my very first, my very first podcast. So I've had this dream about a village. Some people may say, well, that's just a metaphor. No, it wasn't for me. It no. was bringing everybody together. This is my vision, bringing everybody yeah. together because I can't do this on my own. I can have an idea. But I can't do everything. I'm not Polly. I'm not you. I'm not Karina. I'm not Todd. I'm not Elaine. I'm not a Weeby. But when we bring all of our parts together, I must, it's powerful. Yeah. And I just can't believe uh, how far it's come. So that's the beginning and the birth right there of the Silvertown podcast. The vision of doing something to give back was in my heart way before I even got sober. And yeah. because I know the power of giving back because I, I've physically been healed myself. And we just had to stop just a little while ago because it choked me up so bad. Yeah. And, and you're like, what are you doing to me? I'm like, what am I doing to myself? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a story I've, I, I've told publicly anywhere. It's not yeah, a story I've told public anymore. I no, have I shared it here and there with a few friends, but never yeah. publicly. Yeah. So yeah. this is a Sobertown podcast. It's born from the heart. I didn't create Sobertown podcast 
with dollar signs in my eyes to get rich. And everybody that knows me knows how I've talked about Silvertown podcast, Elaine and Todd, especially because I've told them, I don't give a shit about money. I don't care. I've had so much money in my hands. I must that my thumbs turned green from counting money and I couldn't even wash it off. That's how much money I've counted. And it was bad money and it was dope money. And it was money is very destructive. And I don't give a shit about money is what I care about is lives. That's what I care about. And I had a pastor come to me not long ago and we were talking and I told him specifically, you save souls and I'll save lives. There's no going back to where I came from. I must being that religious. I turned into a, a religious bigot. And, and to me, it cost me my brother's life, right? Because that's what, to me, that's the difference because I, re, I became religious and I forgot the love of God. That's what, and that's what religion did to me. Now, I still believe in all the, my Christian doctrine and everything that I believe in. But now, I'm, now when I talk to God, I talk to God like I'm talking to you. I don't try to pretend like I use all these, all of a sudden, right? I, I go, go from this, this asshole one minute and then the next, okay, dear God, well, you know, then I've been trying to be good today and everything is going good. And, you know, I don't even put that. I know God must've been up there like drifter. Seriously, you're doing this again. I know how you are, man. Talk to me like you're real, right? Talk to me like you're real. We've really come a long ways and we're growing and I'm still bringing more people in. We just brought A-Rod in today. So in the beginning, Elaine, because Elaine built the website, because here, all of a sudden, here's Elaine ready to build the website. And I'm like, oh my God, she's going to be build a website. And then she put it, she's putting it up. And I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do with this? And I, I really had no idea what we're going to do with that. But I, I didn't, I had faith because it takes a village. It takes a village. And Todd came on right away. And right away, he offered his support. And we talked, and I gave him administrative privileges into uh, SoberTownPodcast.com. Yeah. And then I opened up uh, the website one day, and there's all these blogs, right? If it wires together, it fires together. Yeah. Um, Does alcohol make you age? The body on booze. And I'm waking up going, whoa, Todd, what are you doing? And if anybody goes to sobriety tools, you're going to see sober toolbox, sobriety discussions, your body on booze, all of that Todd built. Todd built that. Mm -hmm. You know, and then Elaine's gone on in because Elaine knows how all the SEO works. And she's gone in and she's divided up context with, with um, headers and stuff. And we're learning as we go about keywords, but in Elaine, oh my gosh, what an amazing lady. She sent Mrs. Drifter and myself, I don't know how many hours of videos to where we can manage this website behind the scenes as we're building this website. And my wife, here we are. I'm 58 years old. My wife is 53 and we're, rec- we're recreating ourselves, right? Yeah. 
I'm a freaking okay. convict truck driver. I know nothing about websites and I hated social media. That's what sobriety does for us. Yeah. I must. Yeah. So Elaine has spent all these countless hours and she's still in there every almost she's in there all the time almost every day behind the scenes and nobody and she just got a year by the way bravo i know (laughs) (laughs) and she's she uh she's in there almost every day um and i just i just can't say enough about what todd and elaine has done with sobertownpodcast.com we have a learning center you can literally go into sobriety tools and you yeah. can, yeah, you can get yeah, tools. Yeah, I've got friends who just said to me the other day that, that, that the information that Todd has put up has been absolutely invaluable to their early days. Um, it's made such a huge difference. So, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And he's amazing. And, um, you know, he's a chiropractor and a medicine doctor. He has his own business. He plus... He, he, he works uh, for someone else. He's a, a brand new father. Uh, mm. and, he, and he has a, another younger daughter and he's a husband and he's still doing all this, all of that together. And he just did, he, he's working on another huge uh, Your Body on Booze, booze with, I, I think it's with uh, medications and booze. He's just brilliant. He's just brilliant. I could never have done all this myself. And then all yeah. the people that have contributed on the podcast that I've given canvases to, and that's how I put, that's the only way that I can explain giving back with their sobriety. So I asked him, would you like to volunteer with Sobertown podcast? Yeah. Here's an empty canvas and you do, you create your own content because I don't want to be like, um, I don't want to tell anybody what to create. I don't want to tell you how to interview or anybody else, I want you, because you are, not only have you told your story, you've been around with other sober discussions with Sober Town, I must. Yeah. And you're doing interviews and you have an interview coming up with another author here uh, in a few days. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. Is that exciting? Yeah, it's really exciting. It's really, really fun. And like you say, it's great for the soul to help and give back. And it's such an exciting thing to be part of and part of the village. I I just, it's not something that I, it's totally stepping out of my comfort zone. I mean, I talk to people all day long for a living, but it's, it's a totally different experience and it's really enjoyable. Even with your story in the beginning, you're like, Oh wow! I wonder if certain people are going to hear that my story, huh? Like a yeah. vulnerability hangover. I get shit. I get vulnerability hangovers by putting a post up. I'm really sensitive to vulnerability hangovers. I just barely got a, one of my first parts of my story out recently. Even last night, I wanted to delete my childhood one I just put up, but Kim MC sent me uh, something this morning telling me that she just heard it. And it touched my heart with what she said. I'm like, okay, I'll leave it for now. But you know me. <laughs> you and your itchy delete finger. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, you know, like I said to you when you did it the other day, you have to do it for the right reasons. But I definitely think it's, it, you know, every, every, every story out there helps somebody. 
um, you know, somebody can identify with some of it. And, and that is the really amazing thing about Sobertown Podcasts. But just with you, just, just with your story alone, and not counting the other ones that I've heard back, just recently, someone made was coming home from work, was listening to your story, and your story got them home. Yeah. Right? These stories are making a difference. And I yeah. mean, it's it, it's cool to get the uh, the Anna Lemkes and and whoever else that we're going to try to get, but you know the real story. Our, our our stories are also with the people with their feet on the ground around us too. Yeah, um, I, I had messages after my first one, which obviously was totally uncharted territory, and I had people sending me messages just saying like, "Oh my God, I." identified with that so much and that was exactly like me and thank you so much for sharing that and I, I it was just it was an amazing experience actually just knowing that you've you've helped one person drive past the the um the shop on the way home and just go home that that's that's just helping one person fight one battle on one day is great but it's also helped you in your sobriety um, yeah. because you've been able to go back and reflect on it. And that's what, with everybody, they've been able to like go back and listen to their own story. So this is helping heal their souls for themselves. And then it's, it's helping others heal their souls. And there's something about when you see something, somebody else able doing something, you're like, Oh, wow. They did that. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Ashley bear nine. Ashley Bear Nine brought Anna Lemke to the IAS Zooms, right? Wow. When that happened, I was like, wow. <laughs> this girl, this young girl brought this author onto a Zoom to talk to everybody. I was like, just floored. I was just like, that is so friggin' cool. And then yeah. from there, you know, then we get King 13 with us, and King 13 reaches out to Anna Lemke and gets her on the Sobertown podcast. Yeah. So when you look at what Ashley Bear Nine started, you know, and then King, uh, what well, King's always been somebody that, like she says, she just goes right to the top anyway. Please let me give you a canvas, King, because King yeah. is just badass, right? Yeah. And she's, yeah. she's an interviewer and she just, this is what she does. And she's badass. Yeah. Please, King, would you volunteer with us? <laughs> I just like, <laughs> pretty please she, she's amazing here's a canvas please and then i reached out and i was rejected by mark lewis but erica spiegelman's going to be on with us uh, doing an interview with me monday so yeah but here's what happens when people see other people doing things it inspires them that they can do it too what ashley bear nine did things are growing into sober town and, and and then you put out your second request you're thinking big to, yeah, to <laughs> we can't say that. I think. Well, I don't know. It might ruin it. Don't, don't, don't tempt fate. Let's just see what happens. Well, no. <laughs> Here's what a lot of people don't get: you speak life into what you want. Have you ever tried that? <laughs> I mean, people are always like, Shh, "I don't want to jinx myself," but this is, I think, the opposite <laughs> way. I think it's the spoken word. <laughs> Yeah, you speak it and watch it happen. So can okay. we speak it? Oh, go on then. You can speak it. <laughs> okay. She has emailed Russell Brand twice now. 
through that. <laughs> I'm going to see him in December. So I was like, hey, I'm going to see you. Why don't you do an interview for our Sobertown podcast? But anyway, he hasn't he hasn't responded. So I don't expect him to. But it would be cool, wouldn't it? We all love his recovery book. That's out of out of your comfort zone. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Could you imagine talking with him for 20 minutes? Yeah. No. <laughs> that would you in 20 minutes, you can get like four hours worth of content from Russell Brand, right? Yeah, you just slow him down a little bit and then you know. Oh no, just let him go because you get a 20 minutes is a lot of content, right? Yeah. <laughs> the village of Silvertown has slowly grown. We have the Silver Baddies, Polly and Karina, what they do, which is just magnificent. Um, in fact. Their last, they just put out an episode, The Wows of Sobriety, man. That was so cool. Did you listen to that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a really, really cool. Uh, I, I sent my audio in as well, but it didn't make the final cut. But it was a really cool episode. It was so nice listening to um, Polly and Karina and all, all, all everybody's just joy in sobriety. It's, it's lovely. Oh, I didn't know that. So yours didn't get in there. Tell me what you were, what you said. Because it's the uh, wows of sobriety. Yeah, my wows of sobriety are just well, me, I guess. Just you don't you don't realize. I didn't. I did a post recently saying I didn't realize that um, when you stop drinking, you're so scared that you're not going to be anything anymore. Like, who am I if I'm not drinking? And then all of a sudden, you stop drinking, and I found that actually. I'm this huge person. <laughs> I'm a person that was in there being drowned, drowned by wine the whole time. Um, but yeah, that, that's my joy in sobriety, finding myself, find, finding myself and all the things that I love to do that, that didn't well, happen. Well, you found before. out some other things that you do well too. Yeah, right? I, yeah I, um, I've just found out recently that I can draw. <laughs> I mean, I've always liked doing art, but um, I did an, I've done an art class and... I can, well, I can I'll draw. tell you what, I saw your horse that you drew and I went, wow. Yeah, so did I. I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> That's a wow of sobriety right there. Yeah, you know? I had no idea. So, um, yeah, just just things like that and, and pushing myself, pushing myself to limits that, you know, like I climbed a mountain, I've been paddleboarding. There's things that I would you never. You went to a festival sober. Yeah, when I went to a hen night sober, you know. But they're just things that I never would have pushed myself to do before. So that that that's a huge wow in sobriety, isn't it? It is. But yeah. these are things that we're we're able to we have on record because of Sobertown podcast. And yeah. it takes a village. And it's not just one person that it that is taken. It's all the people that have contributed with their canvases with the podcast. It's what yeah. people are doing behind the scenes. It's a huge, huge picture. And look, I must, I'm not done yet. If the door opens for, for other people to create content and bring more content in to help others come out of their black hole of addiction, look at Tea Lover and her story. Yeah. My God, she, here's a lady with two degrees that's on a, a, a mountain rescue that's drinking hand sanitizer. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at yeah. how far she's come from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and it's on and on and on. If, if you go through these stories, there's so much inspiration. And then we have all these sober discussions that are going on. 
This is the heart of Sober, Sober Town. It's a village. Yeah. It takes a village. And it's what I've said from the very beginning. And SoberTownPodcast.com, I've said from the beginning that I want everything under one roof in SoberTownPodcast.com. Uh, and if you go under the resources, you see I have neuroscience recovery resources in there. I've got AA traditional. I've got AA non-traditional. We've got Karina in there with what she does, uh, where you can link up with, with her health and wellness that she does. And look at Karina. What an amazing woman that She's changed. Lovely. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. and, and Karina is all about, yes, let's build an army. I love that. Yeah. Let's bring in more people. Let's build an army. Her life has changed getting off alcohol. We have a picture of her standing up on her Can-Am with no hands. And <laughs> there's no walker around, you guys. She was on a walker before yeah. she start, She got off the alcohol and turned her life yeah. around. She's come so far. Um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing amalgamation of just like people who just ha have the best, the best vision for recovery and, you know, the we, we just all want to add something and help. And it's just, it's just a really amazing brainchild of yours. You know, me saying, what, what are my wows in recovery? I mean, you've got a pretty big wow in recovery because, you know, having the idea was bloody amazing. <laughs> well, I, I know what, just like a little while ago when I had to stop the recording because just remembering about that fireman on the street, um, mm -hmm. It's not something I haven't thought about for a while. And it just, I don't cry often, but I really had to fight it back. I turned my camera off for a second. because yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to see it. <laughs> right, right. I just like blinked out. I, I put everything on pause, you guys. I blinked <laughs> off my camera because I've seen in real life on the side of a highway, I was yeah. healed, right? Look, I was struggling down the road with the 57 pound cross on my shoulder I prayed for somebody else during his needs in his crisis, but I got healed. Yeah. And that's sober town has been built with heart and has yeah. been built with truth. There's nothing. And I just can't say it clearer. It's not a place to make money and to become rich. It's a place to where we can fight addiction and say, fuck you, alcohol, fuck you, addiction. And, um, that's where we're at with Silvertown. And that's how we're birthed. And the vision is big. The vision is big yeah. for me. And there's been a couple of times where people have asked, well, where are you going? Well, I don't know really yet. How big the are you going to get? The sky's the limit. Yeah. The sky's the limit. <laughs> how many people are you going to bring in? I don't, how, do, how many people do we need? Yeah. Right yeah. now we're limited because all the podcasts go through me. And there's only, only so much I can edit. Am I at my brink where there's going to be a point where with as many hours as I work, I must that there's where I can't do anything else. Yeah. And I think the way that it, it has all fallen into place from the beginning, the way that everything, I, what, whatever's going to happen with, with it will happen with it when, and if it's, it's needed, I have a big belief in that because I've just seen it just kind of evolve in front of my eyes and just happen when, you know, if you every ask me, person you've been here as every person has came into Silvertown podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've watched yeah. it from the beginning. 
Yeah, and it all just clicked into place. It's like it was meant to be. <laughs> every every person that's came in, even with these last ones with Steve Kay and Molly, and I can't wait to see what Molly does because Molly has such a great mind. And, yeah. and, you know, like I told her, I would love her to get with more women because Molly is a woman's advocate. Don't yeah. mess around with a woman and let <laughs> Molly find out about it because she will fucking come after you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. She's like, She's like a friggin' pit bull on a chain, <laughs> right? If you mess with a woman and, yeah. and a guy just isn't going to get any, she's not going to cut a guy any slack at all. And she has yeah. reasons for that. And that's another reason why I've asked her and, and, and it's all in her time. It's her canvas. It's everybody's canvas, their time and how they, they want to, to paint their camp, including you with this author that you have coming up which is really cool. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Um, so she is called Person Irresponsible PI, and um, she's written a book about, um, she's been five years in, in recovery, sober, and she walked across, she's a British lady, and she walked across America um, using the principles of the 12 steps basically. And she's written a book about it and she's going to come and talk to me. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I'm very excited about it too. And it's amazing. Yeah. And we had another author, the addicted child, Richard Capoli, I think his name is. We're giving back. And my vision is to build mm -hmm. an army. Yeah. I didn't know what my vision was before, but as soon as, as soon as I saw that, Oh, we can, I can record a podcast. I can make a podcast. I knew right then that I was going to try it. That was the idea. And from there, it's really come a long ways. And everybody that's contributed to it, it's taken every one of us to do something. And everybody's yeah. important. And nobody can lose their seat. As we bring in more people, nobody loses their seat. We just keep adding seats. And we... <laughs> We right? just we just get more. We just get a bigger bus, a big bigger train. Put another bigger, carriage on right. the Right, <laughs> right. We just keep adding cars to the train, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we got to get another locomotive, fine. Boom, an extra caboose, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I must. That's why I wanted you here with me because you were the very first brave soul, right? <laughs> brave to step out there. <laughs> Just can't shut me up. That that's the problem. Oh no, no, that's not a problem. <laughs> and but and when you speak, it's you know what? I've never met anybody with such a, a big heart. And I just I'm so grateful that we're friends. Well, yeah. It's I'm I'm ever so thankful to the I Am Sober app for for bringing some, you know, I've I've got some friends in my life now that I I never when would we have ever crossed paths, Drifter, if, if it wasn't for, you know, and that's one of the things that, that makes me not regret um, drinking as well. It all brings me to this place, and I can't imagine being in a better place. Yeah, that's something else. I mean, like with Polly, she's been there. Uh, her, she's got, there's one day sober between us. So we've, yeah. we've, done, a, we've done a lot of talking, and I, I would have never met her. I would have never met you, Karina, or yeah. anybody. This I Am Sober app, I crawled in there virtually. I crawled in there yeah. ready to die. Yeah. Yeah. And I would I have think... died with this hope lost that's in me. 
yeah and all these people that are being helped all the time listening wouldn't wouldn't have that so you know lots of things to be thankful for lots of big wows in sobriety and for everybody that's getting sober out there if there's something that you want to do step out there in faith and you know erica siegelman that's coming on that i'm going to interview on the 18th she was an alcoholic and she was drinking and all over san francisco hiding from everybody uh, and she's one of us i think um she was majoring like in literature something going one way she got sober and she turned it around look where this lady's gone now she wrote a book and not only has she wrote a book she's put a workbook together like here i got her workbook right wow and then not only that i must she's put a, a community together called rewired it's a rewired support community where she's giving people tools to build support groups, a lot like AA, right? This is 2021. You know, AA has been around since the 1930s and it's a good way to get sober. But this is 2021 and there's new, there's new technology coming out. We know how the brain works and there's other ways to get sober. Go I ahead. was just gonna say one thing, one of the best things for me about the Sober Town podcast is there are all different types of ways to get sober and AA works for a lot of people it was never something that I was attracted to and you know I think it's really really good that it it points you in every direction that you can possibly find including AA and I'm not done yet yeah. building because I, I still yeah. have to add AVART recovery smart recovery I still have to yeah. add rewired communities there's yeah. a lot more that I'm building behind the scenes that you don't really even get to see until it comes up and yeah. I'm going to keep building and we're going to keep putting podcasts out and we're going to keep bringing people in. I had somebody text me this morning. What can I do to, for sober town podcast? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm already following you and I'm not going to tell, tell you guys who it is, but um, we're going to do something pretty soon, probably where um, his wife's going to do sit down with an interview and, and she's going to tell us her side of this whole because spouses are important and yeah. you know, it's really hard for them too. we're changing. We don't even know how we're changing our wives are, and husbands. We're expecting them to like, understand it. They're waking up in bed one morning. Like who the hell did I wake up next to this morning? Right. Yeah. Did your husband yeah. wake up like one morning? Like uh, who is this lady? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there were definitely um, yeah a few few shocks in the relationship. <laughs> Even your kids, right? Is, is that mom? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you saw the video, didn't you, of me jumping on the trampoline? Yeah. And um, yeah, my you, daughter tell us me out the window. Oh, just I, it was it was back over Easter time, and I was doing twenty minutes extra a day for for getting involved in somebody's Lent. And um yeah, so I was on the trampoline out in the garden and my daughter filmed me through the window and sent it uh, to her to somebody saying, I think my mum has lost it. <laughs> it was on the screen at the bottom. <laughs> uh I think you had pink hair then too, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. It was a really cool video. And her daughter is just freaking out because her mom's on the trampoline jumping. What has her mom lost her marbles or what? Yeah, I think I, I think I jump around playing on my phone while I was doing it. And that's where sobriety is 
taking us. The grandkids even hang out with me now. Our whole backyard is, mm-hmm. I just put it up another swing for them. Yeah. And I'm involved. Mrs. Drifter and I went for lunch yesterday, sat in a bar. Yeah. Had, yeah. Cute <laughs> Absolutely. I have no temptations. And somebody's ordering a shot of something. I can't even remember what it was. And I'm like, I felt sorry for the person, you know? Yeah. And then I looked over at um, the old lady that they were sitting with. I'm like, well, who's going to be driving when they leave? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not going to be good. Uh, no. Oh, dear. Yeah, I do, you know, I, I wouldn't swap what I've got now for for that back then again, ever. Me neither. It's not, It's I gave away my sobriety in 2011. I just handed it over. But you know what? I didn't have a foundation. Yeah. And a, a, every one of us have been through the resets. I remember you in the beginning. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It yeah, was, it wasn't easy to get here. Yeah. And I can tell now you're touched now too, huh? <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't easy to get here and you you just don't you know you wish I wish I could have put, given myself a glimpse of of what my life would be like when I was there fighting tooth and nail to get here you just you know like I said earlier you just think that you're going to be nothing or, or what am I going to be and everything's going to be so much harder and life isn't going to be worth living and I can't do everything that everybody else does and you know my life is you know is just going to be ruined forever because I can't drink like everybody else. And then you, you know, now I'm like 13 months, I think tomorrow. Boom, 13 months tomorrow. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And now I'm just like, oh my, you know, I just don't, I wouldn't, if you said to me, you can drink normally again, I don't think I would even want to. Um, This is, this is what I want. No, this is what I want. Your life, is totally changed. Yeah, so much for the better. I'm a totally different person, um, and I like her a lot more now. And the the lie was <clears throat> that alcohol is telling you you can't live without me, and um, you'll never have any fun. And you've not no. stopped having fun. I have so much more fun. Genuinely, I have so much more fun now. I really so, do. Erica Spiegelman talks about connecting with your authentic self. So when you were drinking, were you able to do that? No, no, I don't even think I knew who I was really. I mean, I knew, you know, I'm, I suppose, you know, my personality is essentially the same, but the things that I have time for to explore because I'm not constantly drinking or feeling hungover or thinking about drinking, um, I don't, you know, I think Karina and Polly were saying in in that podcast, you know, there's not enough hours in the day. I just, I I do so much with my time now and enjoy it. I'm not doing that to get away from alcohol. I'm doing that because I can now. And this is uh, the authentic you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It makes me, you know, the only thing sometimes I think that is sad is it it makes me wonder what I could have achieved in life if I hadn't spent all that money on alcohol and I hadn't spent all that time on it. Like, where would I be? I would be, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I'd be you would, you some... would be doing Russell Brand's hair, probably. <laughs> doing Russell Brand's hair and painting his pictures for the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been able to see all of this unfold and it's just so nice that you're i i'm able to come on here and have you here with me 
yeah. uh, as I've told this story. I, I really appreciate it. Well, and I just hope everybody realizes that Sobertown is conceived with, with a pure heart to, to, for, to help and to give back. And it's not about taking at all. In no. fact, there's one person that's donated three times. And I'm like, I sent her an email back, please don't donate anymore. Cause I like so guilty, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing enough because I see this person all over IAS, just like helping everybody. And I'm like, look, you're doing your part. Please, uh, you know? Um, it's, it's nice that people appreciate you. And one thing that I would like to say about you, one of, the, one of the things that I like in you as a friend, but also in the Sobertown podcast is that you have zero ego about it. This man will not take a single compliment when people say, wow, you've done so much. And he's like, no, 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 it's the village. It's the village. Well, there wouldn't well, be it, a village. It, it is the have... village. I, it really yeah, is. I know, I know, but if there wouldn't be Look, a village. I had, I had the thought and I, I have the thought and I have the vision. I, I take responsibility for that part, right? And mm -hmm. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Silvertown where I want to take it because it's mine. I have the heart and the vision, but everybody's helped me with everything that they volunteered and they've created, right? Because everybody's created mm -hmm. their con. You do, when you do your interviews, it, it takes a village. And I'm going to stand by that, <laughs> right? It yeah. takes a friggin' village. So you can yeah. try to do that all you want, but it ain't going to work. <laughs> it takes a friggin' village. You see what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Good try. Good try. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you got, you got to, what do you got? Choir practice? I've got choir practice tonight. Yeah. So I got ghosting. <laughs> okay. Well, I have much love for you. Tell your other half I said hi and, and the kids. I will do and yeah, yeah maybe you should like take a, a, a picture of that um, when you were on that trampoline that day and make a post because <laughs> that was that's another wow moment, right? Wow, yeah. she's on the trampoline. I don't know if I want anyone to see that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So yeah. thank you everyone um, for joining us, IMS and I at Silvertown Podcast. And remember, pour the poison down. To sink. Thank yeah. you. I must. Uh, thank you.